House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back, everyone, to the House of Run podcast. Run at gmail.com is our email address. Recording this late on a Friday night. Not by design. We didn't wait for there to be two American records before we decided to do a podcast. No, no. That would require way too much foresight. We actually recorded 99.9% of a podcast on Tuesday before my computer completely shut down. Basically... Jason, we had, what, two sentences left in the last email, and then I was going to say, see you later, man. Yeah. And my entire system <laughs> shut down. You probably thought I just got disconnected, bad internet yes. connection. So the whole thing was gone, lost everything, doing it again. Yeah. I mean, we were really, yeah, in the final, final stretch, it was, yeah, just finishing that email, and then it was going to be, you know, good night. Um Exactly. It, yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, it was uh, it was a fluky thing, but uh, I'm glad we're still still keeping the record going. And we now have more to talk about. So we're basically not gonna we're gonna read the emails again. I yes. thought it was one of our best shows ever. I'm gonna be honest. I'd say for sure the best show ever. And you have so. your part of it saved to history. I do. Mine's gone. It's all gone. But now we have a little bit more to talk about because we have these American records. So we get to play the song, which is good. Again, the emails, which were really the strength of the show, we're going to read those back. We'll just have to pretend to be spontaneous. Or are we going to quote ourselves from the previous show? No one heard it. Literally no one heard it. Except for you. Yeah, I, no, I, re- I re-listened to just my part over and over, so I'm going to say the same exact things. <laughs> okay. Great great stuff about the metaverse, I thought. In That's that right. Man, we did... And we, this isn't even a joke. <laughs> we did 10 minutes on the metaverse. It was good, though. It was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was e- related to an email, which it made, was, it, yeah. made a track related. We'll get to that later, but... Let's talk about these American records Friday night in uh, in Boston University, which basically hosts American records now. That's that's its total function. You have Yard Nagoose running 728 in the 3000, breaking uh, Gatlin Rupp's indoor American 3K record and actually running faster than Fisher did outdoors. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. he just barely – yeah, fastest – yeah, 3K regardless. Yeah, in or out, roof, no roof. And then a couple hours later, you have Woody Kincaid running 12.51, 12.51 to take away Grant Fisher's indoor record. Um, and in that race, Joe Klecker led a good portion of it. Crazy kick for um, for Kincaid, which we know he's capable of, but it's still crazy to kick off of a – Pace that fast, closed in 26 and change. Clicker ran uh, 12.54.99. I, I, which one do you want to start with? The the Kincaid kick? Yeah, I think that one. I mean, they're both amazing. But yeah, just because, I mean, Clecker was like going to win this race. Like it was watching it and he, like they were together for a while and then Clecker pulled away. He had like, you know, 10, 15 meter lead pretty consistently. Lap and a half to go. Everything's fine. And then Woody Kincaid gets shot out of a cannon like i mean it was so fast just how quickly it was like well clecker's gonna win this oh no woody kincaid has won and it's over and like i i don't know how he had that much left um 
you know, we've seen, like, I mean, what he can get, he ran whatever it was, 1258 outdoors. Few, mm-hmm. How long ago was that now? Seems like a long time ago. Well, yeah, but he also, I mean, last year, wasn't he second fiddle to at least one of those fast Fisher attempts? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I need to I need to bring up his uh, his results, but yeah, he's he's been in the mix for these a lot a lot of fast ones. It wasn't just that one race in the forest where he ran really quickly. Like he had, let's see, personal bests. Okay, that ten k he ran twenty seven twelve in twenty twenty one. Is that no? That was yeah. That doesn't seem like a, no, memorable to be honest with you. No, Sorry. I, I screwed I screwed it up. I'm not it up. trying to, you know, bag on twenty-seven twelve, but uh, yeah, that's not moving the needle for me. No, there wasn't. Hold on, I'm gonna. Uh, okay, he ran well thirteen oh five last year. Man, I'm really. Okay, there had to have been at least one. Everybody, I have high knows, standards, Kevin. You got to do better than this. Like, what are you talking about, Kevin? In any event, he's been in some fast ones, but yeah, twelve fifty one is. Is I mean, he, yeah, you're right. His PB going in, indoors, or out was twelve fifty eight. From 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, was an amazing run at the time. Came out of nowhere a little bit, like, just because we didn't think he had, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, sub-13 <clears throat> in him, obviously. Um, and since then, he's run some good times, but it's also been like, man, you know, is he going to be like that guy? You know, like, and I guess, you know, he's made teams and stuff, so, like, that's, that's good. Yeah. But, like, when I watch a race like this... And obviously, this was even more impressive than the twelve fifty eight. But the way he closes off that, I'm like, oh man, this guy is like, could be a medal contender. Yeah. Like if you could do this, so that's where I'm like, and maybe he will be. Maybe this is the you know it will be the season of his career. Who knows? But um, yeah, this was obviously just insanely impressive. When you have an early season race like this, and you try to predict what's going to happen, you don't have a lot of information. You're just guessing most of the time. Oh, this person said that they're fit or. This person's culturally optimistic. The thing that we knew about Kincaid or the thing we found out about this past week was that he wasn't training with Bowerman anymore. Like he hadn't decided what he's going to do next, but he was, you know, at the very least taking a break from Bowerman, which to me meant, okay, well then he's probably not going to be at his best because he's got all this other stuff going on. And maybe that's going to hinder him a bit because, you know, alters your preparation a little bit or don't have the team structure around you. I know he'd been training um, a bit or getting in some runs with Mike Smith's group down in down at Flagstaff, which is very good, a very good group now with Nur and, and Grijalva, two absolute stars in, in the 5,000. But, I, I mean, 12, I couldn't believe it when I saw this time. And I know, Kevin, it's BU. It's always going to – It is, yeah. You, just, you need to assume now it's going to be 1250 or plus or minus for the, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair for sure. Um, it's still surprising, and, and twelve fifty one is, yeah, just really, really, really fast. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm optimistic for sure. Um, just like about like if if you know if this could be a step forward for him, like in general, because you know he's had like I said some up and down. You know, like he's been he's been good. You know, like I said to make teams, make finals, but he hasn't really been a, you know, a factor. What do you think Klecker takes from this? Runs the race of his life, too. Gets beat by three seconds, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he can be... I mean, he can be upset, but it's like, yeah, he ran really, really well. What he run? Like, yeah, like I said, you know, 12.54, and, I mean, 
he seemed to put everything he had into it. You know, he didn't really have any answer. It's not even like, oh, Kincaid started kicking and then he answered. It was just like, no, dude, the dude was like topped out because he had run 1250. And that's usually how you look when you run 1250. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of just hit the wall there. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd still say you leave that race like feeling pretty good about yourself. Um, but I, I, I mean, you just watch. <laughs> I don't know. He just watched Woody Kincaid like fly by you yeah. um, as you're running the race of your life. I, I just don't know what, what, what you even take from that. 1304 was his PB before this. That yeah. Was outdoors. So, I mean, like, how can you be mad? You know, it's like you can't necessarily just hold yourself to someone else's standard. Um, you run, they said, huge PR and, and he ran great. So, one of the things I was thinking about was yeah, we know the track's fast at BU, but how are people able to? run this quickly this early in the season. And then it made me think back to post 2020 and when people running fast, everyone said, well, because of COVID people just trained a lot and they put in all this training. You didn't need to worry about racing. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Shouldn't racing make you faster? There's obviously a point when you can race too much and it slows you down, but isn't there something to be said for race sharpness? And apparently I was wrong because people, when there weren't many races, when they did run, were running fast because they were able to train. And then you see a race like this in the first month of the year, the debut for many, many people, and they're able to run this quick. It just it, – it's interesting to me. Like The rest versus rust debate in Dragon Field, it's, it needs to always be rest. There's just no se- – because you can simulate, apparently, enough quality sessions – in um, in practice, that you don't need a ton of reps. It'd be interesting, an interesting exercise to figure out what race of the year people run their season's best. I guess people don't run the same event enough to get really, really good data. But, I mean, a January BU versus, like, a September Zurich – well, Zurich does the funny track, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it probably is like way closer than it, most people would think. If, if you had the two, it'd be cool to do that with a, with a group, like have a controlled experiment where people run, you know, four, five, five thousands throughout the year. And all of them are where they're going for fast times and just to see, cause, and then you go loop back around to the track and then you can say, okay, well, what if they ran in September? What if the diamond league final is at BU? How fast would it be? And I would say maybe 11 minutes because it's that quick of a track. I don't know. What What do you think about that? Are, are you surprised when you see these times early in the season? I was. I feel like I'm now kind of just like, I, I buy less into the like, well, you got to get into racing shape. I, I just, I, I think we've seen it enough times, um, both, you know, with, with events like this, obviously, but also just, like, people just debuting super fast, even in outdoors. And... Yeah, they don't need that. Yeah. yeah. So, for me, it's like, it just seems like, hey, did you come into this race, like, trying to run really fast? Like, because there's mm-hmm. some races where that's not necessarily the goal, right? Like, it seems like it's like, <clears throat> hey, win, whatever. Um, and there's other races where it's like, hey, you're going here, you're going to BU to run fast, you know, maybe you're going to Monaco to run fast, whatever it is. Like, I just don't know how much of a difference that makes. Obviously, if you're using indoors as, like, a, hey, I'm just getting the season started and, like, right, 
you know, you're not in actual like racing shape, but I just, and you shouldn't show up to be you. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. And I also just don't know, like, I don't know, are people, <clears throat> are athletes like doing that? Like, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe like the, the Usain Bolts of the world, right? Who were like, Hey, I, I sleep on a pile of gold medals. Yeah. Um, I don't need to like, I, I can, I could like slowly work my way up, but it seems like everybody's, you know, everyone's in such good shape and working out, working uh, so hard, like, the entire season. Like, I, I just believe, like, if anybody wants to run fast, like, I, I think they're just as likely to do it in, in March as they are in July. Well, with Bolt, though, it would be, okay, he gets the appearance fees, then you show up. Yeah. But these aren't appearance fee type meets, right? right? So, there is no, if you're not in shape, you're just going to chill, Right. Why would you go to this so you can get beat by thirty five seconds? Like that doesn't seem very fun. <laughs> it's like you could go do this at at in in practice. And I think with some of these bigger groups, now it's funny because Kincaid just left a big group, but probably can simulate a lot of the stuff in a workout too, right? Oh yeah, like that's that's the other part of it. I just would think, oh yeah, get a bunch of not a ton of races under your belt, but you'll run two or three and. Then you really can shake it off. But also, they've probably been doing it so long, too. They know exactly where they, their body needs to be for them to run fast. Like, Kincaid ripping a 26 to close, it just, that screams sharpness. Yeah, which exactly. Just, this is January 27th. Like, yeah, I think that's where... Yeah, the Bengals exactly. should be sharp right now, not <laughs> right. elite track and field athletes. Yeah, so that just makes me wonder, like, I mean, are they... <clears throat> yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, mentality going into a race. Like, is that... Not to say you can't work your training a certain way to try to get the best performance out of yourself at certain times. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Is, is Woody Kincaid a, a 1240 5K guy? Is he a 1235 5K? Like, I mean, what are we – well, I, I don't Fisher, think he's going to run much faster than this. Fisher went, what, 54 to 48 outdoors, right? Do I have that yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think that's at least possible that he'd get to that same – I mean, yeah, and he definitely could, and it's like, okay, that's like an equivalent time, but I just don't, yeah, and I, I agree with you, because for the long, I mean, I always thought the same thing, it was like, hey, you get a oh, feel for the 46. race, and you yeah. kind of, you know, get into that, you know, whatever it is, the the, the right state of mind, whatever, but like, yeah. I don't know, It's these, these guys have run a lot of 5Ks, or, or whatever <laughs> the event is. Yeah, yeah, and they, again, they, they know what markers they need to hit in training, because they remembered, oh yeah, before I did that 13 flat, I was running these sort of reps and now I'm running, running this, but yeah. And your body, like, like I said, I mean, it's obviously feeling fresh. You're not may, you know, may, I I would say, you know, perfect world. I would still believe like if you plan your season, right. August or, or whatever it is Mm -hmm. like, and and you go towards that. Yeah. You're you'll be better in August than you will be in January, but like that's ignoring the possibility of those minor injuries fatigue all those things yeah that not, travel that that, yeah that won't keep you out of a race but like could just negatively affect you so it's it, it could end up being a lot closer than you would think and i think the longer the season goes on those variables that you mentioned they just get bigger and so does the the likelihood that the race won't trend the way you want it to if that makes sense. It's like in the end of January, everybody's goal is the same. Let's just right. rip this thing as fast as possible. We're all working together here, basically. 
we're on this fast track. We can control all the elements. Let's make it go in one direction. The the farther you, the closer you get towards the world championships and then post world championships or Olympics, it starts to go in different directions. Oh, they don't really care. like get a diamond. Yeah, there's not a lot of stakes right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to run fast, but like if you lose an indoor 5K, yeah, in January, yeah. who cares? Right. Like, Ex- no exactly. one remembers that in a, in a month. I mean, they'll remember you running 1251, but like if for whatever reason it just didn't go your way, it's like ah, it's January. Who cares? The whole point is to run fast now, and it's far enough away from any other race, right? So you're not thinking, oh, I want to leave little something because I don't want to be gas for usas or you get into a diamond league 5000 where half the field they don't they don't necessarily care about getting a pr maybe all of them don't care about getting a pr yeah because they're just thinking let's get the win let's get the money or let's get the points or whatever it may be but right now it's it's collaborative in a way and also listen it's everybody knows the track is fast and it's indoors you can control the weather so let's not be stupid here Let's go out there and take advantage of those two things. And there's just been this pattern going back to, I mean, was, was Rupp the first guy? Probably, right? Who just was like, this track is fast. I'm going to rack up a whole bunch of insane times on it. And then every year since then, it's just sort of been passed on to the next person to the next person. And yeah. usually, I mean, remember, I mean, Cesarek had that that season 2018, I think, and then Kajelka had that season, and it wasn't just a BU, it was a bunch of other places, but they just, they, they can put together one month of strong racing, and in that one month, they run times that nobody thought they could run, and because when you can have that, you're not going to have that opportunity outdoors, you're not going to be able to, like, for a month, like, run two or three record attempts, that doesn't happen, unless you're in high school, it doesn't really happen. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, like I said, I, I, yeah, these used to really surprise me. And it's still the time, like, who's running the times and what they are can still be surprising. But it's like, yeah, it, I'm no longer going to be surprised by whatever time of season it is. Yeah. Um, like I said, it happens outdoors, too, or even, you know, Michael Norman, like, opening season's really fast or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah. I, <laughs> this is just the thing now, I guess. <clears throat> oh, for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about this 3,000, as yeah. I mentioned well, first, hold on. Before we do that, can we get the American record? We're going to play the song twice. Uh, American record song first for Woody Kincaid. Hey, man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record, too. It was the best performance by an American citizen Or a relay team composed of American citizens And an athletics event within the United States or abroad Hey man, did you see that American record? Now let's go to the 3000, Nagus. First of all, what did you think of this race and how it unfolded? Yeah, I mean, this was obviously, I mean, time-wise, every bit is impressive. Um, it didn't have quite the the same, you know, just like with the finish of the 5K. It, it, right. It, it, it had a little more like wow 
to it just because you had like I guess context of someone else right there where Nagus just ran like a kind of perfect race. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's one of like the fastest times, period, um, in a three k. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, I mean, it was it was just like methodical and really just just nuts. Like I mean, seven twenty eight is a pretty insane time. That's <laughs> just crazy. Um. Yeah, this one had records all over the place. So Nagus gets the American record. Sam Atkin in second gets the British record. And then down in fifth, Drew Bosley gets the NCAA record. But when I think about Nagus, he ran, he had the NCAA record actually before Bosley got it in the same race from last year when he ran a, a really like 738, I want to say. And at the time, I remember thinking he's just like a perfect 3K runner. Like, yeah, we know how well he can kick in the mile. Um, he's had some amazing closes in DMRs and stuff, but I just, I feel like he's naturally suited to 3000 cause he's also, he was really strong in cross country too. And he might end up being a bit of a, like that would be, I think his preferred event if he could run both. Now he's made a team and everything in, in the 15, not to say he, he's stuck in the middle and he's not gonna be able to figure it out, but he just, he looks so comfortable at that distance. He just kind of finds a rhythm and then locks in. The other thing I was thinking about was just his improvement and his overall trajectory. He was good in high school, obviously. You don't run like this and be bad in high school. But he was he was under the radar for sure. And then when he was at Notre Dame, he kind of had a similar racing, I guess, emphasis as, as Fisher did when Fisher was at Stanford, which is like indoors, they wanted to win the DMR, right? So he was in all these team-type situations. And... Yeah, he had cracks at fast times, and he sure ran fast times. Uh, but I always felt like okay, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more there, right? Even though he got the, the the collegiate record, like he didn't leave everything he had in the NCAA system. So it makes sense to me that now you put him in a pro club, he's just going to take off. So this again, this this may end up being a PR because yeah. you can't forever because <laughs> you can't really go uh, much much farther up than this, but it, this, it, it makes sense to me. If you told me two years ago, Yard Nagus is going to be uh, an American record holder in the 3000. I, I wouldn't have been like totally stunned. Yeah. I think that, <clears throat> I think it makes sense. I mean, it's obviously a uh, good call on, on thinking he'd be a good three K runner. Um, it's kind of worked out. Uh, <laughs> well, I said that, I said that after the fact, but yeah, yeah no, it's, but, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's like I said seven twenty eight still just kind of jumps out to me. Um, yeah, I just kind of you know I, I Rupp had it seven thirty, so I mean yeah, he, he yeah. broke it by a, by a good amount. And those Rupp times, like you mentioned, um, you know he would just he would just rip off like kind of crazy yeah. uh, performances and indoors all the time. Um, yeah. and he I think you know it seemed like he was pretty far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, um, for sure. So, so the fact that like he really took a big chunk off this, it's, I don't know, whatever, tenth all time or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's you know, guy can't be good in the fifteen or five, and I know you're not saying that, um, but it, yeah, I mean, this will just help in everything else. I mean, yeah, yeah. well, if you were to say, okay, who's going to be better in a three k? Is it going to be a fifteen hundred guy or a or a five thousand guy? You'd probably get mixed opinions on that. But yeah. like, but Rupp obviously was coming to it from a longer distance. Thing versus Nagus, who's run three thirty three in a fifteen hundred. 
right? So yeah. it's like he's got he's got really good um speed and he just <clears throat> I think he was was he sick or he's something something happened at USA's last year. I don't remember what it was, but he just like looked off the entire time. Maybe he didn't he was hurt coming in or something like that. So he just had some weird like if you look at here are his best performances according to World Athletics. All right. Okay. Not including today's, which I'm assuming would be number one. So well, it 100% would be number one because yeah. <laughs> the first one is his 738 3K from last year. Got it. Where he set the collegiate record, which was great. Um, but then did he not even run? I, I want to say he didn't even – did he run indoor nationals after that? He ran the DMR and that was it. Yeah. Oh, no. And got ninth in the 3K. So it was like very surprising. Like that was the best race of his indoor – Season, <clears throat> we all thought he'd be, contend for the win, and he was a non, non-factor non in that, in that 3K, which was crazy. Um, his second best race is a three, the 333, which was in Padova, beginning of September 2022. Okay, great, but not like on the biggest of stages, right? Right. <clears throat> his third best time was when he uh, ran the NCAA record in the 1500, 334. Remember, that was in the heats of the ACC championships. Oh, yeah. The heats of the <laughs> ACC championships. Then you go to the Portland Track Festival, 1500, where we ran at 334. Then the uh, uh, the Murphy Classic out in Memphis, which is a, a good meet, top-notch, 334. And then you get to NCAAs, where he ran. He got second, 335.6. That was back in, in 2021. So it's just... He's had these fast times, but a lot of them have been like under the radar types of performances, and and performances that made you think, man, if this guy gets in like a a, a race with more competition, or gets in in a race when it's at a more advantageous time of year. I know we just got done saying there is no advantageous time of year, but they just they all they all pointed to something better. I think today we saw that we saw the something better. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree. And it's, it seemed, yeah, I mean, he's obviously still very young. So like, yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot more, but yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to have one of those big performances at uh, USA's or something like that. I mean, 1500 team. Is he, is he as big of a lock as Hawker? Do you think? He's got to be up there. I mean, that, <clears throat> that team was, pr- it seemed pretty weak. Um, recently even yeah and yeah. now it's like getting beefed up uh pretty quickly but yeah i mean i i, would do, I at this point i'd be it's I, I think something would have to go wrong for him not to make that team mm-hmm. in the in the fit you'd say 15 still not five i think so um i mean the five is t- tough too i mean obviously oh man i, I think the 15 is probably an easier road well, Woody Kincaid's in the five. <laughs> Joe Clecker's in the five. Grant Fisher's in the five. That's so, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, Woody, yeah, exactly. What, you know, Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like that's – yeah, the five seems like a, a bit of a gauntlet. Um, and the 15 seems more open, which is, you know, probably different than usually in the USA. I feel like five would generally be the easier event. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it seems like there's spots in the 15. I mean, they're getting less for sure. But uh, I, I still think that would be the way to go. All right, before we get to email, there's one other result today from World Did you Indoor want the American record. With- oh, one time? yes, of course. Just making sure. Let's throw that in there. Hey, man, 
you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record, too. It was the best performance by an American citizen Or a relay team composed of American citizens And an athletics event within the United States or abroad Hey man, did you see that American record? Double dose, I love it, absolutely love it good to know too one day i'll be able to know i know the chords now i just need to learn exactly how to play the guitar. <laughs> oh man uh dean asher smith 704 breaks the british record beats swoboda and kambunji pretty good pretty good start for her yeah no that's a good sign i mean she uh you know she she had a really slow start i don't know if it was injuries otherwise whatever last year but she you finished, she she was coming around at the end of the season, so it seems like she's starting well this year. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good year for her. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? On based on the stuff we talked about on Tuesday's disappearing pod. That's right. I'm trying to remember what else we <clears> talked <throat> about. Um, I mean, that was, definitely some stuff happened uh, that overshadowed it, which is rare. Normally, it would be the opposite. The event, you know, the uh, or the pod that we recorded that would have all the American record stuff would get deleted, and we'd have to record five days out of date. So this actually worked out. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got two options here okay. for the emails. Option one, you read the emails or most of them, so I don't keep coughing into the mic. Option mm. two, we pause so I can take some medicine, which theoretically <laughs> will stop me from coughing. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm happy to read, but if you also want to take medicine to try to help yourself out, um, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with that. Okay, why don't you start with the most recent email from Noah uh, in Oregon? Read. I've already read it. So okay. while while you read that, I'm gonna make a run to the medicine cabinet, and then I'll be back by the time you finish. Sounds good. I will read slowly. I'll stumble over words even, just for you, not because I can't read. All right, this is from Noah. uh, Subject line, clean 1,500-meter world record. We're back to this again. Uh, Hey, guys, I am, quote, honored to have written the most hated email in 10 years of the pod. Wow. I do hope you know that I am not cynical at all. I have a love love of the sport that is somehow untarnished by the reality of doping. I'll follow up with some other folks about their thoughts on the clean 1,500-meter world record. As for me personally, I just take everything with a grain of salt. I take the good with the bad. I love watching and cheering for clean run, uh, runners, even though I would never bet my house they are actually clean, no matter how much I like them as people or athletes. I wasn't born yet, but the doping scandals of the 1960s, testosterone and amphetamines, didn't ruin the sport. The blood doping of La Severin in the 70s didn't ruin the sport for me either. The 1980s, uh, rife with doping and roids, was a bad time for spinners. Every spinner in the sole 100-meter final was proven to have doped at one point or another, but I still love the sport. I just want it to be better. The 1990s were kind of a total joke with both America sucking and the rest of the world completely jacked on EPO. It was a farce, but I still loved it. I think the current era of microdosing is just as dirty as ever before, but it doesn't change how much I love the sport. That just means I watch the sport without lying to myself about what I'm likely seeing. Hassan Mead and Peter Bull, see photo, are nice guys. They're also uh, 
They are just also nice guys who happen to be caught with PEDs in their system. That sucks, but it doesn't ruin the sport for me. Anyway, uh, this is how I can be honest about what goes on at this level of the sport and somehow still not cynical. Maybe I'm practicing some form of cognitive dissonance, uh, but who isn't these days? Thanks again, Noah in Oregon, who totally loves the sport. And he uh, includes the photo of uh, the previous athletes with his daughter. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I'm glad Noah didn't... uh, I'm glad he's honored. (laughs) And we do hope... We know that he's not... I mean, you can be cynical too, that's fine. But... I knew that he was just passing along yeah, the, the no, feelings no, yeah. of, of and, 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 and honestly, good email. Mm-hmm. Like the, I mean, this one was too, but the first one. Like even though it was stuff that uh, you know that frustrates me, I still mm-hmm. think it's a good email because it's a good time to uh, you know talk about this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, next one. I think you're doing a great job. But also, I, I and I'll say <laughs> like for what he's saying, like I get it. Like it, it makes sense what he's saying here. Um, I don't necessarily agree that everything's as you know, dirty as ever, but maybe it is. So I, I have no way to know that for sure. That could be ignorance on my part. Maybe um, it is. But I mean, because we never know, right? Like it's impossible to know for sure. Um, but like the fact that, like I said, he still enjoys the sport and that I can understand at least having just some sort of like, you know, maybe it, it's all a mess, but it's still awesome. Like I, I, I can get behind that kind of uh, ideal. Gotcha. All right, you did great on that. Let's just keep this going. I feel like there's a lot of momentum now. How about um, Austin? Right, Austin. In. Yeah. All Can right. You... Um, on the it, the subject line is updated version. Yeah, updated version. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he sent two versions. We want the updated version. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that's I was confused by the updated version. An idea for a better version of Fantasy Track. Please mm-hmm. read this version instead. <laughs> That was not meant to be read. Done. I did it anyway, because I am an amateur email reader. Uh, Dear House of Run, no doubt fantasy sports in the U.S. are massive, especially football, but there's one sport that needs a revamped version of the fantasy game, track and the marathon. I understand there's already an existing fantasy track game for the Diamond League, uh, but you're drafting new athletes every week, if I recall correctly. Uh, it got me thinking how we could create a full-season fantasy game that's structured more like regular fantasy sports. Uh, for season-long fantasy, you have to start with the draft. The draft could go something like this. 14 total athletes, 8 for the starting lineup, 6 for the bench, 2 sprinters slash hurdlers, uh, 2 mid-distance, 2 long-distance, 1 flex, any distance, and 1 marathoner. I debated whether to include field event uh, athletes as part of the player pool. What do you guys think? Should field, event, field events be included in this? Uh, a key thing to decide on next is which meets will be used for the schedule. My thought is Diamond League meets only and the World Championships slash Olympics. Uh, for the marathon runners, it's only the World Marathon Majors, Tokyo, Boston, London, Berlin, Chicago, New York. Uh, can you think of any other meets that should be included? My idea is the limit to outdoor meets only. Next up is the challenging part, scoring. My general idea for a scoring system would be something like 10 points for first, 7, 8 points for second, 5 to 6 for third, etc. Uh, obviously, points for the World Championships and Olympics should be worth more, just not sure how much more. Plus, world records uh, should be worth an additional 100 <clears throat> points and national records worth 50 points. Uh, marathon scoring could go something like 40 for first, 30 for second, 25 for third, etc. Uh, the points might be too high for the marathon, but the thought is more points for top places in the marathon, marathon since there aren't as many races and many top runners will only race two of these per year. Uh, a key factor in all of this has to be draft strategy. 
due to the bonus points for records, I'd have to think Sidney McLaughlin would go very uh, early and possibly Yaka with so many wins in a season. But someone like Kipchoge would likely be a top pick as well due to record potential and the high scoring system of the marathon. I'm very curious to know who you guys would want to draft and the overall draft strategy. I'd love to hear how you'd improve on this idea, whether it be scoring system, athlete pool, or schedule. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. And that is Austin. This is where I wish we just play back what we said last time because I felt like we nailed it. Oh, I'm going to play back my part. So you And then uh, maybe we won't hear. I think what we, we decided was it's just way too difficult to do a week-to-week fantasy setup in track and marathoning, right? Because yeah. that's what we're used to in these other sports. It doesn't work. Diamond League fantasy, like which, what sport cancels their fantasy league? <laughs> just it's not it's not good it's not good but i get why it was frustrating to play because <clears throat> you had people dropping out you know and it's just and it's only diamond league and then there's some of the best athletes aren't even running that many diamond leagues so his 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 way is <clears throat> way more inclusive which is cool but it requires more of a commitment like you need to be way more of a diehard for his game to work i think what you need to do is you need to like norm some things. So we all agree the Mondo versus Iliad Kipchoge athlete of the year race this year on the men's side was pretty close, right? Yeah. Like we didn't, we didn't see the votes, but just looking at the resumes pretty close. So there you have two completely different events. So may, and you had a world record with Kipchoge, you had two major marathon wins with Mondo. You had him going what, like 18 and one and winning a, a world championship and breaking multiple world records. I think you could look at, all right, what would the point system look like for each one of those guys and adjust accordingly, marathon versus track. And I think, yeah, the beginning of the season or maybe New Year's Eve, you draft your team and then you can make up, make a decision. Like you'd want somebody, I would think, who races frequently and, and also runs well in the big races. Like you'd want a Dos Santos. That's that's the type of you'd want to like Lyles too. Yeah, Jakob. Yeah, like it's. <clears throat> I agree, and I think it's. I think Shellyan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shelly Fisher Price, obviously. Like, and he, <clears throat> I agree with what you're saying, and and what Noah basically, or no, excuse me, Austin said, um, where you have, you want a a situation where say you have whatever it is, eight guys, ten, whatever it is for the drafting. You want the best athletes to go first. You want the athletes who are obvious. To go first, all the athletes we've been mentioning. Yeah, you don't want sleepers going first. Yeah, like it, it, it's the <clears throat> so the scoring system needs to make sense, um, and I think he's accounted for this. Where you, yeah, you, you you incentivize records, you incentivize, you have to you know bump up marathons quite a bit because of the limited racing, um, and then you have the athletes who you know are going to compete against and uh, compete a bunch and win a bunch. So, I think I think this is a pretty good start right here. Yeah, it would. It would It'd be interesting to like kind of take this system and see what happened like last year, like in 2022, like how yeah. it shook out, who was the points leaders, you know, like just, just, <clears throat> just to get an idea and be like, oh, maybe we need to give a little more here, a little more there or whatever it is. Um, Cause I think that would, that would, that would give us an even better idea. But I think he's, I think he's accounted for most of the stuff. I agree. Diamond leagues, world championships, world, uh, you know, Olympics, world marathon majors. Like you don't yeah. want to get any deeper than that. Um, yeah, I think it's – I mean, I, I think I, I would play this. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to read one. <clears throat> How about that? Yeah. 
uh, from Jonathan. Hey guys, just wanted to follow up on the repassage discussion on last week's pod. Kevin mentioned that he didn't think a repassage athlete would have a shot at a medal at Worlds or the Olympics, but I'm not so sure about that. At the last Olympics, Josh Kerr needed a time qualifier to get out of the first round of the men's 1500 and wound up meddling. Under the new rules, he would have had to compete in a repassage heat instead. Of course, if he had that extra raise in his legs in Tokyo, maybe he doesn't medal in the final. But I think it's possible, though unlikely, in the 8 or 15 that someone could make the final via repassage and snag a medal. So I was wrong, basically. And you only had to go back to the last Olympics to prove me wrong. That <laughs> well, nobody me too, because I was like, oh, it would be a great story. You know, someone comes from a massage and makes the final or has a chance. Little-known athlete yeah, known as Josh Kerr. Uh, I guess, yeah, and, and this was just my mistake and, and just not thinking through the repassage thing, was like not accounting for those time qualifiers and thinking repassage was like the next ones out beyond that, where the time qualifiers mm-hmm. are that that group. And we see big athletes um, as time qualifiers all the time. Um, and obviously recently, yeah, as John points out, so that makes sense. Um, it will be interesting, though, to see with repassage as opposed to time qualifiers, how much that changes the actual yeah. heats. Uh, because the difference between, you know, finishing fifth in that 1500 versus sixth, you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to have to run a, get an extra round. Um, right. Right. That, that's a huge difference. So then you could really see, and, and you know, there's in a 1500 meter opening round, like it's not crazy to have whatever the, say it's, you know, five versus six or six versus seven, whatever it is. There's enough good 1500 meter runners where it's not crazy to have six guys, right? Who, who yeah. presumably should be, you know, yeah. could easily be finalists and, and only five of them could make it. And they're, you know, kind of, kind of getting a little, little chippy. So in that case, uh, it could definitely add some, uh, some fun to it. Well, that's why it's probably annoying for the actual athletes. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, before you'd say, all right, then Kerr or maybe some other people in that heat would make it fast so they would make sure, hey, we have all the quality in this heat. Let's make sure it goes fast. Now it's like, forget that. Like, it's going to get even more tactical, I think, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, 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 may, it might be more fun to watch. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I'm still not sure if I'm pro or con uh, repassage, but uh, it'll be, it, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, and I watched that race, and it, he was pushing to the line. I don't know. Maybe he just like lost count. I don't remember what he said afterwards, but there was a big group of them right there, and they were running really fast. So I think – I think that – yeah, and he knew they were fast probably, right? I mean, if you're running 335 or yeah, but I don't think it was. He, but I also don't think he eased up either. I don't know. It's just – the incentive's pretty strong too in the old way because if you, you might be done, let alone having to run an extra race. Yeah. So no, yeah, for sure. That's, you, I mean, you, that's pretty good incentive. Yeah, you think you'd want to avoid falling out of the top five, um, regardless of the of the format. All right, next up. Oh, do you want to read the um, Marshall's Earth Sports survey about Web Web three, which is tremendous? Oh yeah, this is this is fantastic. I do recall this one quite well. Yeah. Um, all right, so hello, Kevin and Jason. I received a survey from Earth Sports asking me about Web3, Metaverse, NFTs, and other cryptocurrencies. <laughs> I've attached my responses to certain questions. Personally, I think Earth Sports is either too early, Metaverse, or too late, NFTs, which are no better than Dutch <coughs> tulips. And uh, this survey was a giant waste of time and money. But who knows? Maybe next year they'll rename it the Crypto League, and the winners of each event will be paid in Bitcoin. 
and he attaches part of the quiz <clears throat> uh, or survey. survey, excuse me, um, of what happened here. So, uh, number three, would you be interested in World Athletics fan membership if it offered exclusive benefits? Yes, Marshall says. Uh, number four, what benefits would you expect to come from such a membership? Uh, meet and greet with athletes, discount on tickets to World Athletics meets, uh, being able to ask Seb Co. why we have a mixed gender 4x4 and why there's not a set schedule for World Championships. <laughs> it's a gold medal answer right there. Uh, any other comments or ideas for how World Athletics can explore Web3, NFT, and the metaverse? This is a waste of time and money for Earth Sports. <laughs> Please send more time and money to produce high-quality track meets uh, with large stakes that incentivize athletes to compete more often. <laughs> he literally used the term earth sports. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and this is all... So, yeah, then another one, uh, number 10. If World Athletics offered <clears throat> any of the following NFTs, what price would you reasonably pay? And it ranges from 5 to 50, 50 to 150, 150 to 400, and 400 plus. Uh, exclusive historical video footage. Not interested says Marshall. Access to behind-the-scenes experience at World Athletics Championships. Not interested. Unique video clips of current athletes. <laughs> Not interested. I'm laughing and coughing. <laughs> Limited edition merchandise. Not interested. Personalized bib. Name on vest. Not interested. Wait, an NFT of a personalized bib? Yeah, that's so. Yeah, keep in mind these are not like, hey, this is not limited the merchandise of actual things. This is NFTs of this. So, keep, yeah, because otherwise, I'd be interested in all these things probably. Um, an opportunity to meet the athletes online or in real life at World Athletics Championship. Not interested. Now, that one it seems like that's an actual meeting them, but I, I don't know. Meeting someone online does not seem that exciting. Um, Number 11, have you ever used any of the following digital community platforms? Uh, Reddit, Discord, Twitch. Uh, he, he did not check any of those, but he checked other and included Strava. <laughs> and the last one, um, would you be interested in attending a World Athletics event in the metaverse, which would include behind-the-scenes coverage of the World Championships, watch parties, meet-and-greets, and more? Marshall's answer, no. <laughs> all right. First of all, I think... Would you be interested in attending a World Athletics event in the metaverse should be nominated for Sentence of the Year? Absolutely. Second of all, I'm curious, what does this mean? What do you think – explain this to you know, someone in their 70s or 80s. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I'm not the right person to be explaining this to anybody, but I at least have some – like I've heard of some stuff like this, right? And I, I do have a VR headset. Um, I used to play some games. It's kind of fun. Um, from my understanding, there are virtual concerts that can be attended. Um, and I've seen, well, on Tuesday when we recorded, we <laughs> we looked through some of these things because we didn't really know. I didn't know what that meant. Um, and it, it varies. So there was like, you know, major, major artists, uh, you know, Justin Bieber and, and all of the like, right? And they are performing in the metaverse and sometimes it's like, Hey, it looks like a concert and yeah. you can kind of roam around and look at it. And I'm like, all right, if they just put on a track meet that <clears throat> looks like a track meet. Right. And I know it's, it's not going to be 4k or anything. That's, you know, unless you have a very advanced setup. Um, but if it like looked like, you know, if it was old Hayward, right. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the <clears throat> environment was, but it was like actual runners and you could like just walk around like the infield and you know yeah. follow the follow the runners on the track i'm like 
all right, I would probably do that. And I, you know, I, that's, that seems interesting enough to me. There's other ones that like you make an avatar of yourself and everybody's like a cartoon and they're jumping around and it's an animated yeah. feature, which I have pretty much zero interest. I, I don't want to watch Wii Sports of, you know, a Diamond League meet um, as much as I loved Wii Sports and I still do. Um, so I don't know what this would entail. I'm confident that Earth Sports would screw it up. Um, but they say, they say here, behind the scenes coverage from War Athletics Championships. Yeah. So it's like, so the, the actual event is going on, right? And then you're putting on your headset. You're going to the then, warm-up room? <clears throat> yeah, but what are you watching in the warm-up room? That's, I, see, that, this is where I'm, I, yeah. Is I, it cartoon I, characters or is it real people? Is it, do they get mad when you call them cartoon characters? I think avatars is probably the thing, but not the blue <clears throat> guys. Um, okay, James Cameron. I'd watch the one. Navi compete in track and field for sure. Um, Shout out Jake Sully. Yeah. Wait, was he a good guy or a bad guy? In that He's a good guy, yeah. Okay, cool. Really did, did wonders for my name. Worth, worth seeing, by the way. I, I, this is a total tangent, but man, that saw the second pilot. one in 3D. It yeah. kind of, kind of blew me away, just because it looks amazing. Um, I hope so. Is James Cameron? Did I read that right? He's only going to do Avatar from now on. Well, he's got like three more at least planned. I think. I think he's already shot like most of three and four. From is my there that much story? I mean, he's created an entire world, so I guess. Like, they're going to introduce, like, this one was, like, a water okay. tribe, and then there's going to be, like, a fire tribe and all sorts of other stuff. I'm in. I'm going to see them all because, yeah, the dude, you know, he's James Cameron. Yeah. Um, okay. James, and you know what they say about James Cameron. James Cameron does what James Cameron does for James Cameron. <laughs> um, Keep going. Sorry. No. I, I, that was 100% my tangent. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know what this would entail. Like, I think, <laughs> from my understanding, and this is... I mean, no knowledge behind this. It's just um, Earth Sports was a bunch of, you know, people who don't really understand what the metaverse or NFTs or crypto or any of this stuff is. And they were all sitting in the world, sitting around. They're like, hey, guys, this, a lot of people are talking about this. And they don't even realize that they're talking about it because, like, NFTs are a scam and nobody cares about them anymore. Um, But they're just like, hey, and this is what every business probably is doing, right? Where they're like, we've got to get on this metaverse train it's a new trend yeah. i know they just laid off 80 percent of their workers but it seems to be going great um wait did that is that true I oh I, I, not 80 percent, but they yeah they've dropped like a ton so all, all of these things are failing currently like they're they're all really struggling metaverse maybe someday who knows but either way i think it's just like hey we heard these buzzwords mm-hmm. so they're like let's do this they're probably also like let's do something with the white lotus let's let's find a way <laughs> to make this happen um <laughs> Make that the Diamond League theme song. Yes. I'd, be, I'd be down for that. That's not bad. I'm, I'm not <laughs> against it. I'd, t- I'd take a mystery of you know with all these the best athletes. Um, so I, I mean I appreciate you know Marshall fighting the good fight here with the correct answers. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't you know even though I said hey this random version of um the metaverse where it's like a real track meet and I could like be there kind of in person would actually be cool and I would actually do that. I, I just don't know the feasibility of that, um, but gotcha. I, I don't know the feasibility of anything. I guess really. So, yeah, when you showed me that thing before, it was a band playing in a video game, but it was all card avatars. So I didn't know were they really playing somewhere, and then those graphics were like, 
inserted into it. Like why that that doesn't need to be live. That that's my thing. I don't get it. Like that's what I don't get about it. Yeah, no, I I agree that like that stuff. Yeah, it's just I mean that's just could be any you know, random music video. Exactly. That's it's exactly what it looks like. A music video, right? There were a couple, um, after clicking around a little bit where it was like, Hey, this is just a stage. They're all performing. And like, I guess I still don't, you know, know really that I would be like, even a band I was really interested in. Yeah. Um, that I'd necessarily be like, Oh man, I got to check this out. Uh, maybe, maybe just by curiosity, I would, um, here's Post Malone performing with Pikachu, so that's a thing. I guess you get the you can mash them up with like cartoon characters, but I don't. Yeah, there's a lot me, of crossover. Like <clears throat> it's like video game with this. And I get why they're doing it. You're trying to increase the audience, but to me, that doesn't outweigh the whole benefit of a concert or a live event in any capacity, which is seeing the thing in front of you live with a bunch of other people. And being able to cheer or sing along—that's the whole point, right? And I get maybe maybe some people would say, "Hey, I can't afford to buy tickets to Post Malone or, or whatever it is," um, which fine, I yeah, I get you know, that, yeah. but I agree. It's, it's you know, these are like I said, I'm, I'm literally clicking on it's Post Malone. There's he's surrounded by floating Pokemon um, in a big fake stadium, but he's like kind of he kind of looks like him, but he's still a cartoon. I don't know. I, I young people, maybe you like this. Braylon, yeah, is this does this intrigue you at all? <laughs> You're the only young person I know that listens to the show. Uh, maybe he's he's long gone at this point. Um, I I did see that like AI is is what people are looking at now. So all, they're they're gonna ditch this for AI, mm. right? Like NFTs are out. It's all gonna be AI. So you think they like put in like, hey, in this <laughs> next race, we've got uh, you know Prime Haley Gibber Selassie and is gonna square off against. Yeah, you know, whatever, and then we're going to have those kind of things because, like, that's a little bit of like the Mario Kart Ghost thing we were talking about, and I'm a little more in for that. So, like, we'll let AI decide who wins this race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they would just program the. I mean, it would basically be an advanced wavelight technology, right? It would be a wavelight technology yeah, that's yeah. a person. Well, we already. Yeah, I just. I'm going to make a controversial statement here, Jason. What's wrong with regular reality? That's it's <laughs> a just fair, rea- point. aka reality. Like, what happened to that? All right, you're doing great. We got three left, I think. Okay, uh, who's next? You 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 got, you got to steer the ship, even if I'm reading. <coughs> One more cough for me. Uh, I want you to the other Noah. Here we go. Oh, this is a good one too. Noah, uh, would Bo Jackson have been the greatest decathlete ever? Is the uh, subject line? Hey guys, Noah from New York, formerly from Boston. Drink. Uh, writing in. Apologies if this has ever been written about before, but I'm midway through Jeff Perlman's excellent Bo Jackson biography, and I'm loving the track stuff. First, some context. Bo loved jumping, uh, and it seems that the high jump and long jump were his favorites. He was actually better at track than baseball or football in high school, though to be clear, he was very good at all of them. His high school didn't have a track or hurdles, uh, so he would do. Uh, so he did his workouts over folding chairs and on the football field. Uh, he did the decathlon at the high school level and would build up a big uh, a lead big enough so he wouldn't have to run the 1500. <laughs> Funny side note, he won the state decathlon his senior year wearing sweatpants the entire time. Uh, he, I'm surprised he wasn't disqualified. Um, he also <laughs> played baseball throughout the spring uh, spring season and often, and often double doing a track meet and baseball game in the same day. He had no way of practicing pole vault and still cleared 12-6 with a pole he borrowed. 
He was also 6'2", 215 pounds. Uh, his other high school PBs of note in the book, uh, 959 100-yard dash, converts to 1048 in 100. Six-foot nine high jump, says he cleared uh, seven feet once in practice. 48-7 in the triple jump, though uh, this isn't in the pro-decathlon. 23-1 in the long jump. Uh, 7.29 60-yard hurdles uh, equals 7.8 in the 60 hurdles, or 60-meter hurdles. Uh, the high school record is 7.4. His coach in interviews said he threw the shot over 50 feet and the discus around 150 feet despite not even spinning. I think to me, this is the most realistic <coughs> what if for a former athlete who has skewed uh, track for other sports, mostly because he actually did decathlons in high school and clearly thrived in the technical events. Uh, he'd have to drop a little weight, but of the 10 events we have, uh, 100 meter, check. Long jump, check. Shot put, need some work, but not too worried about it. High jump, check. 400 meters, check. 110 meter hurdles, check. Discus, same note as shot put. Uh, pole vault, biggest concern, but promising considering what he did without practice as well as his high jump abilities. Javelin, didn't do it in high school, but considering he had a cannon for an arm and threw in the low 90s, this might actually be a huge asset for him. 1500, okay, maybe somewhat worrisome, but this can be trained. What do you guys think? What do you think, Jason? I have a history on this show and otherwise of uh, not enjoying when people are like, oh, if X athlete did this, they would be the best ever, right? Like, it, I mean, we, we've talked about it a hundred times. Um, track athletes mm-hmm. are incredible at what they do. And just because someone is fast in football or soccer or whatever doesn't mean that would, they would be great in track and field. Having said that, I think Bo Jackson would have been the greatest decathlete of all time. <laughs> I, I, I know, like, so Bo Jackson is a thing of legend at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like I think even even you know much younger people who who never got to watch him, yeah, uh, play or or do anything, still know his name because he was maybe the singular like greatest just pure athlete <laughs> of our time. Yeah. Um, and I think the craziest thing about it for me is it's like, no, I, I, I watched him in the nineties. Like I, this isn't someone from a hundred years ago where, right, right. where it's like just this mythology, right? Where there's someone's like, you know, uh, Mickey Mantle hit a baseball 600 feet out of Yankee stadium. And you're like, right. maybe who knows, you know, like, and it's just, you, you kind of don't know what to believe where Bo Jackson, like was a, a thing. And we, we have these times and we have these things and, um, obviously was pro in two major sports and I, I you know, I, I think he would have been one of the, the all time greats, uh, barring injuries. So I don't know. I, I'm, and this is not to insult any decathletes. Now. I just think Bo Jackson was like that kind of special. Yeah. However, <clears throat> are you worried that, um, I mean, you're right. I guess it, it is current enough to worry. Cause I, I'm with you, man. I watched like the documentaries and stuff about him, and the pole vault thing was like that stuck out to it's me. It's like, impossible. Like no one does that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, who does that? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about which events are you able to discover talent in the easiest versus which ones are the hardest. Yeah, you'd say the hundred would be the easiest, right? Yeah, just because hey, you just, just get fast. You, yeah, and everybody does something in gym class or something where they display their speed. Right. But I do think it gets more complicated when you add in all these other events. Cause it's like, well, wait, hold on. Let me get the points table out. He's fast. He can throw far and he can jump and da, 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 Like, so yeah, it is hard to figure out. I'm just, I'm surprised they had high school to Cathlon and where he grew up. 
Yeah, no, that that's a good point because yeah, most places don't. I think um, I think you actually checked on on Tuesday, and they did right. Like that that was actually a thing. Well, I saw it on the Wikipedia page, but yeah, I I just you know we we didn't in Nevada. I know a lot of places don't. So because you ordinarily I'd say, man, he just wasn't exposed to it. But in his case, he was just so good at everything. So it was tough for him to pick track out of all those things. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's certainly an interesting question maybe there's other people out there too who are uh like would have had potential at it who just incredible athletes across a bunch of different types of disciplines but but you're right his name comes up i mean he is like a yeah he's like a mythological guy yeah he's like paul bunyan like i mean it's but it's like we know he's real (laughs) like yeah 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 exactly um all right here's one from donald from Boulder, uh, bold prediction: Bowerman Track Club disbands after Worlds. Hmm. The move to Oregon. Uh, Jerry taking the job. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm coughing again. Um, hedging my prediction maybe happens after Paris, so folks like Grant, Cranny, and Carissa can focus on those two opportunities for medals before making the change. Second might have missed it, but anyone see sending the Valencia 10K start line issues? This was wild. We didn't talk about that, but I'm sure people. It was just a huge backup at the starting line. Yeah, it's one of those that like happens every four or five years. I feel like, yeah, where it's just like there's just like what someone falls and it's like way too condensed and there's just yeah, yeah. Luckily, it doesn't look like anybody was like trampled or anything, which is like obviously the scary part. Third, uh, he plus says plus one to Hinge is an awesome dating service. I'm only four <laughs> months into my marriage, but hopefully my wife doesn't drop me like Jakob would drop the field in a repassage. <laughs> I couldn't think of a high profile sponsor. Drops uses an analogy. Um, and then he follows up about soccer. You're still deciding where you want to go. He says he went to the Carabao Cup in 2019 while I was on a London work trip. The game was Chelsea versus Man City. He was at Wembley, which was an awesome experience. Regarding Jason's trip, Champions League will be April 11th and 12th and 18th and 19th. But I think that's too early. If I recall, the date you were traveling, Champions League brings together teams from different leagues across Europe, so it's a cool atmosphere and high stakes. Otherwise, I'd try to find a London rivalry game. Yeah, and I um, <clears throat> yeah, shout out to our buddy uh, John. Um, he was going back and forth with me because he he had you know heard that I'd mentioned that and uh, you know no no soccer much better than I do and and throughout some I, I said so I'm going to be out there. Um, I think it was like the May sixth. Yeah. There's a full there's a full Premier League game uh, Premier Premier League you know uh, slate that day, so I kind of lured it down to there. So he lured it down to Fulham Leicester and Spurs Crystal Palace. Ooh. Um, so I think I'm, I'm rolling with one of those for sure. And he said Ful- uh, basically Fulham. Fulham is a more intimate setting. But <clears throat> Craven Spurs Cottage. Are, uh, sure, I believe you. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. Is that you, you, if anyone has a you know uh, recommendation? Sound like Kevin's on the on the Fulham bandwagon, um, even though he's a Spurs guy. So I'm I'm confused. But um, either way, no, I, it's a- down to those two games. I think. I'm a Leeds guy when it comes to Premier League. Mm. Uh, bro- Brother Colin, though, has decided to adopt Fulham. Um, Craven Cottage, here we go. Well, oh, look, this the, place does look cool. Yeah, it looks like cool because didn't John? I didn't know all the stuff. I'm just pretending like I'm an expert. I read John's email too. Didn't he say that was the more historical stadium and the other one was more exactly. like modern? Yeah. So the I, you know me. I mean, it's no History, shock yeah. to anybody probably that I would pick the old stadium given the choice ever to do. Yeah. You know. Between those things, so maybe that's if it's haunted. Maybe that's a move. Jason will be there for sure. What's the what's the other game? 
Uh, so that was the uh, Spurs Crystal Palace. And that one's in Crystal Palace? Uh, I think it's in Tottenham. Oh, okay. So that's the, the he said that's the new one. Uh, so that's in London as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is like a fancy new stadium. I mean, it looks awesome too. Um, yeah, I mean, my local club, Austin FC, obviously has a mm, new stadium. Because that's right. They're only a couple of years old, and that's awesome. But yeah, I'm generally in favor of the older stadiums, be it. You know, go into a soccer match, or if it was like a ninety-nine-year-old track and field stadium that had nothing wrong with it, that was beloved by by everybody, that was torn down for virtually no reason. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I have this. I don't know if I told you, I'm a Cubs fan, and uh, they have no stadium. <laughs> yeah, they should get rid of it. Yeah, they should get rid of it because the World Baseball Classic might be played there once, and it needs more seats. So they should get rid of it. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, yeah, Fulham has at least one American guy. Let's see. Let's see if they have more. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. like, I'm going. For, oh no, for they the, have. I'm going for the atmosphere for sure. But Anthony Robinson, they have two U.S. guys. Anthony Robinson is on their team. You know what his nickname is? I do not. Jedi. Oh, that's pretty good. I like yeah. that. <clears throat> so he's pretty good. Yeah. So two U.S. guys. He's young. He's only 25. <clears throat> Let's see, I'm gonna look at this. Let's see what the standings are. So Fulham's in uh, in seventh. That Fulham's seems, in the mix. That, yeah, seems top, that seems good. And you know, top four goes to Champions League. Where yeah, they play for the next six or seven years. Yes, it never ends ever. Um, Leicester's in in 14th. So whatever, you know, they're uh, yeah. they're not they're not in regulation danger. It doesn't look like relegation. Uh, relegation, excuse me. Um, and then where are the Spurs and Crystal Palace? Let's see. Crystal Palace is in 12th. And ooh, Tottenham's in fifth. Ooh, that could be a. I mean, if they're right on the border, that could be. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. Well, I've got some time, obviously. Yeah. But if anyone has any wrecks, uh, I, I think I'm luring it down to those two. I trust John. Or if you email me and say, "Hey, John doesn't know what he's talking about," you should go to Leeds, and I'd be like, "All right, well, maybe I'll have to." Leeds is you know, too far away. I looked yeah. it up. Oh I was yeah, have to the, go to Leeds. that's the yeah. Some of them are, and I'm, I'm trying to keep it relatively close to London. You know, I, I, I'm willing to travel. A little bit, but I, you know, don't want to do a full day, kind of of traveling, going to the game, and travel back. Yeah, London, um, England is apparently not just London. It appears it's not. Yeah, it's uh, it's a know, lot of places. Kind of big. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of well, the whole area too, because you got Wales, you got Scotland. I mean, you go to Wrexham too. In this country, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, by the way, spring, spring, Lasso's come back. Final season. <clears throat> You excited? I'm I'm pumped. I'm uh yeah, I'm really excited. Should we do a preview episode for that? Oof. Or yeah, we might just have to I forgot. Do they do them about week by week with Apple or do they I Yeah, know. I think they I do. I don't have a I don't have a law. I don't have a what do you call it? Oh, an Apple TV anymore. login? Yeah. Yeah, you, I'll give you mine. It's fine. I'll have to, I'll um, have to figure that out. I think they do it week to week cuz I was watching Mythic Quest on there, which was fun. And uh, they were doing week to week as well. So well, we, you... we might have to recap week each episode at the end of uh you know, weekly episodes. I want your like pre-show. Thoughts. I mean, yeah, we could definitely do that too. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'll, I'll do another rewatch. Um, do my 13th rewatch of season one and my <laughs> third or fourth rewatch of season two. Good. It's only right. All right, here we go. Uh, last one. This is where everything died last time. So we're gonna hope that it doesn't die there. You think I would have recorded both audios just to be safe? But nah. what are the odds of this going wrong? Dude, my audio is just me hacking. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Hello, gents. This is Kyle, formerly from South Dakota, now the uh, House of Run Milwaukee Bucks correspondent. A few things for me to get caught up on. First, I'm in an international running group on Facebook, and we had a question recently asking what podcast we listen to. And of course, I mentioned House of Run first. One of the members responded, oh, you're the Milwaukee Bucks correspondent for House of Run. <laughs> uh, this is your voice oh, all over the world. Uh, on the question of the Bucks, we had a great start to the season, but we just can't get the big three all healthy at the same time. So I guess our goal is to try and get as high a seed as we can and get the team healthy, said every team each year. Last year, you asked a question or wondered where the listeners get their track news. I ran in the 80s, not really a dear reference to questionable times from the 80s, honest, and then had a lengthy break with kids, etc. I got back into running around 2010 and got hooked by ultra and marathon race. This is basically me. I'm just, I'm realizing, like not those same, like, uh, time markers, but, you know, what if I just tune out because of my kids and then I come back 30 years later and then there's no podcast, but I'm in like the metaverse. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Um, got my news mostly by podcasts and magazines like Running Times and Ultra Running. When I found your podcast a few years after that, I was finally exposed to news about track events that hadn't been following for 30 years. I had no idea what had become fast times in any events other than the marathon. So it was a challenge keeping up with you for a while. Fast forward, now I get almost all my track news from House of Run. I get specific results from Twitter and I feel fill in the blanks with Kevin's other podcasts and John Galt's podcast. So yes, I love my House of Run update each week. Lastly... This is like right where everything died last week. I'm just getting nervous that something's going to go wrong. Uh. I owe Jason ideas for his next trip to Green Bay. There we go. We lived there for about 30 years. Did you hear this part? Uh, I think this is where it cut out. I think it was right after you said Green Bay, basically. Before, you're like, Aaron Rodgers, no. Before moving to Milwaukee a few years ago. For the classic Green Bay restaurant, I recommend Kroll's and a butter burger. Yes, a a burger with a pat Mm. of butter on it. I mean, we are the dairy state. You can either go to Kroll's East or Kroll's West, but don't mention them to each other. A family feud uh, there. Otherwise, Republic Chop House is a solid steakhouse downtown, and Chives is a fun local spot. Angelina's is authentic. Just came to U.S. Italian in the downtown area. We love that place. Last Rustique has the most unique pizza choices in town. I've got a few more. If you need it, just let me know. Um he said, and running in Hoka Bonda, Bondi's, alternating with New Balance 1080s, I saved my next percent twos for races. Love the pod. That is Kyle. Did you go to any of those places in Green Bay? I went to the Republic. The first time I went there, um, <clears throat> my the, the president of uh, the company went with me. And so, the United so States? We went, to, uh, we went to a fancy place, which was, was Republic, and it was very good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, oh. So, the way you were introing that, I no, no, no. I, it was just funny because that was like the first place I went the first time I went to Green Bay. Uh, yeah, so it was awesome. Yeah, no, good, good recommendation. I would go back for sure. Um, I will try the. I'll try a butter burger. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Chives is fun local spot. You're fun. I, I sometimes, yeah. It reminds me of when he says <laughs> butter burger. That's uh, Culver's does that too, which is uh, not mm. strictly. Uh, um, Wisconsin chain, but Midwest kind of chain, right? Right, so, right, right. Um, Oh, but it is a it is a Wisconsin original, so I may have to compare the two there. I think you got to go to yeah, you should go to Kroll's East and Kroll's West just to see what's what. And just just kind of be like, well, I think I'm going to check out those one on the other side of town. <laughs> um, as for his Bucks query, yeah, you got to get all three healthy. I think you'll be fine though. I think there's two teams that can win out of the East, and maybe only two teams that can win the title: Celtics and Bucks. Wow. I think it's going to come down to them. You know, for the sake of the league, aka the association, you hope they don't end up playing like the second round at the very, you know, you want to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. 
I think a big X factor for them is going to be Joe Ingles. I thought it was a great acquisition. His knee was in bad shape. They knew it was going to be a project, but now he's back and playing. Looks like they're bumping his minutes up little by little. He can pass. He can knock down shots. He can create his own shot. He's tall. Um, having him means you don't have to play Grayson Allen as much in the playoffs or really Ooh. ever. ever. I mean, so like, that's... Him, not, not playing him because <clears throat> yeah. he is trash. I mean, unless you want somebody to go one for seven for threes in the playoffs. Or, or like, injure the other team's players, but that's probably what, you know. Well, but, they but probably, the Bucks are classier than that. Yeah. He's but you, not, you, but the Bucks are. You could have a closing lineup of, of Giannis, Holiday, Middleton, Engels, and then, you know, Portis. Or, or Lopez, or Math, depending on the situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a solid, that's, that's a lot of shooting out there. That's a lot of scoring. That's a lot of ability to make plays. So... I, I, I thought that was a great pickup when they when they got him. I knew they'd have to wait a little bit for him to get back fully healthy, but I think you're in a good spot right now. I think you're in a good spot right now, Kyle. Like you're not I mean, you'd rather go into the playoffs fully healthy and be in the two or three seed than be in the number one seed and have some question marks. That's just that's just how the how things work nowadays in the association. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I mean the fact that you guys are basically tied for the two seed right now. Um, you know, a couple games oh. out of first. You haven't really been fully healthy. I think that's kind of a a win all the way across the board. I mean, I, I mean, you know, thirty two and seventeen. Um, and they're they're just getting healthy now. Like I said, the really matters is getting those three healthy in the playoffs. Obviously, anything could happen to any team. So, but if those yeah. three are healthy, I still think the Bucks would be my pick. Um, I, I think that a couple of the West teams at least have a shot. Um, I mean. Kevin's Warriors are are still scary even when they're 500. Um, no, my Bucks. I'm, I, I go every other year. That's I right. just alternate between the best. Uh, and I think Nuggets or Grizzlies are one trade away, like a not like a star, but like a <clears throat> just like a solid solid rotation piece. Middleton, I'm looking played 14 minutes tonight. That's fine. Ingles played 22. Yeah, Pat. I forgot about Connaughton. He's solid. They should. I mean, him and him and Holiday should play 25 minutes a game. Yeah, I think he's getting there. I just. I think um, people forget that the like if Middleton plays last year, I think they beat the Celtics. I think I for mean, sure not, they would have. Not, uh, I mean, and, 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 and you know, like and there could have certainly be an argument like the Celtics have gotten better. Um, I'm not a Celtics fan, but like I, I think what, you know, I think Tatum and Brown both look better. Um, but I agree. I think the Bucks would have easily won last year if they had Middleton, and I still think Giannis is like the scariest guy probably in the league. Yeah, um, I just don't. Yeah, and when it comes to those West, the teams that are top in the world. Like I saw, I heard something today. Like the current top five seeds in the West have never made the Western Finals, even. So to have those teams make it to didn't the, Denver make the Western Finals like two years ago? Maybe that was wrong, <laughs> or maybe just the finals. Did Denver make the West Finals? I thought they made. I thought they made the conference finals. <clears throat> oh, you talk about when uh, the COVID year? Maybe. I might be right. Maybe maybe it was NBA Finals. That, that's probably yeah. Because I was say I mean that's, um, I mean yeah. Memphis never made the conference finals. That's pretty crazy. No, you'd think they have seven titles. <laughs> the way they talk. I know how much you you love the grit and grind. Dude, they both they grind and they grit. Uh, yeah, maybe it was yeah. What Must is this? Conf- yeah, nineteen twenty conference. Yeah, yeah. That's. But the, but the Nuggets. And they had, I mean, their entire team was injured last year. 
They're that the fact that you know they're healthy this year. They're you know I think they have the best record in the league right now. Um, My point is I don't trust any of those teams that have never 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 been to the finals, with the exception of you know if you have like a, a player on your team that made it at some point, like then that that then that that experience counts. But I just I don't know. Like yes to get to the finals, but if it was Denver versus Milwaukee in the finals, I'm feeling pretty good about Milwaukee's chances. Be fun to watch. Also, it's the NBA, and so unfortunately, that means there's gonna be like seven more debilitating injuries, like yeah. for teams. It's just gonna be that's just the way it is. It's like there should be ones in the right before the the All Star break, right after the All Star break, like the last week of the season, the first round of the playoffs. It's just gonna be a million things. So, but thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. We got through. We got past the the curse of Kyle is what I was calling it. <laughs> so we did it. Um, I'm going to end it there. Not going to push our luck. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I will, oh, let me say real quick. Uh, all the Boulder guys um, were oh, yeah. that they, they met up and stuff. I I, I know it's, you know, but like, so they, they were just, they sent along some pictures and stuff of them meeting up, and it was awesome. Like, it just made me yeah. very, very happy to see. Yeah. Thanks to Luke and uh, and Brian. Also, we think that they might have, or Brian at least, maybe ran with Donald but didn't know it. So we might need That's confirmation right. on that. Yeah. yeah. We're only on page one of this story <laughs> of what's going on in Boulder, and we will figure it out as the weeks progress. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the American Record song. Uh, like I said, hopefully this gets you by the time you do your long run this weekend. If you're a Sunday long run person, you're not. I'm posting it right now, like as oh. soon as we get off. 8, 8.08 PST right now on Friday night, but it, it'll be posted by 8.20. Dedication. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis. Let's record it one more time.